0: Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning everyone, welcome to Pass the Post. It's Sunday the 23rd of October, I said to you Ben the weather will be clearing in a now an hour's time, that mightn't be quite right.
1: Well, I parked my car on the street on Ann Street because uh, the basement car park tends to flood, uh, so I just don't know. But then I parked underneath a big tree, so maybe the tree will fall on the car. No, and my luck, I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyway, it's in all seriousness. Stay safe if you're in southeast Queensland on the roads and wherever you go, there is a lot of water on the roads. Big day yesterday, Cox Plate day is always a
0: big day, and I suppose to sum it up, the best horse won the race. That's probably the right thing for a big race like
1: the Cox Plate. Yeah, there's only one Cox Plate, isn't there? You know, give me all the pop-up races in the world. Um, I love the Everest, but there is only one Cox Plate. It's just got a certain theatre. It's just the perfect track to run it on, that amphitheatre at the Valley. We don't get sick of hearing the horses, um, sung, I think, by Robbie Dolan Robbie yesterday. Dolan. So that was uh, that was tremendous. The right horse won. There were some terrific runs in the race. Um, but I've got to say, we'll get to this later. The, I thought the, uh, the winner of the day was this... Graham Rogerson horse that won the spring champion. It was dead set. a 1,000 wide, the trip. Mm. Uh, it will be something to beat, assuming it goes to the derby next Saturday.
0: It was what you would describe as a never-say-die performance. Uh, it, it didn't give up. So we, of course, had spring champion stakes day at Royal Randwick, of course, going to the Golden Eagle there next to Rose Hill next Saturday, and, of course, derby day at Flemington next Saturday. And we raced to Durbin. There was... Probably uh, the consensus was, would we get through the program? Would we get to the program? But as it turned out, the rain wasn't as bad as we thought. And even on race day, it didn't start to rain until after halfway through the day. But we started out with a very good foundation to do. It was a good cover of grass. Ross Smith and the team had uh, prepared it extremely well. And in the end, the worst we got to was a heavy eight. So it ended up a lot better and we got through the whole meeting. So that was good. Luckily, probably not racing today. Anyway, plenty to come up uh, from those three venues of the Valley Royal Randwick and Doomben, and naturally we're starting with the Valley, and we're starting with the Centenary running of the W.S. Cox Plate.
2: Zaki getting going and left the fence, Profondo's getting up on its inside, Alligator Blood three quarters of a length away, then came Animo, who's still two lengths off the pace, but coming into it, followed by Maximal, Zaki, Alligator Blood, 300 metres to go, then Animo, who's joining in, back behind them, Young Verta around the turn, Zaki joined by Animo, who looks Destiny in the face, at the 150, Animo takes the lead from Zaki, Alligator Blood, I'm thunderstruck, but it's Animo clear, I'm thunderstruck. Thunderstruck late. Animo holding on. Animo, this time for the big A. Won it from thunderstruck. El Bodagon. Then came Zaki. Back behind the Moonga, And then alligator blood laws of indices. Mr. Brightside. Back in the field, young Virta. Gold trip, Maximal. And Profondo was last in the Cox plate.
0: Well, let's have a chat with Vin Cox. Always very uh, generous with his time. Vin, good morning. And congratulations to Godolphin and the whole team associated with Animo. I just want to start on a broader point before we talk about the horse and and yesterday, but with the Cox Plate, um, I know there's been a lot of chatter uh, year after year about Sydney versus Melbourne, big prize money races, new races, but I think we need to to see a Cox Plate to to remind us and refresh our minds just what a great race this is, not only nationally but globally.
3: I couldn't agree more, David, and good morning to you. You know, a, a race like the Cox Plate, which for, for decades, and, and well even you know 102nd running or something, uh, has always been uh, one of the great races on the calendar, if not the best race on the Australian racing calendar. Um, and it, you know, it always drew in the best form lines, the best horses, horses stretching beyond a mile or horses coming back to, from a mile and a half to compete in the best race in the country. And I think, uh, to a large extent, we saw that yesterday. It was a great spectacle and a wonderful race. And, and that, at the end of the day, is what racing should be about. It should be aspirational. It should be looking, you know, putting the, pitting the best horses and the best jockeys, the best trainers, all against each other. Um, and that's what came together yesterday.
1: Vin, you've been in racing a long time. You've been a heavy hitter in racing for a long time. Would that be the highlight of your Um, you know, sort of a long career and days in racing. Considering, a you've won a Cox Plate, but b the big call that you were really a huge part of to keep Animo racing rather than going to stud.
3: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, what you've touched on there is probably uh, probably the, the, the biggest thing was it was a big decision to to keep the horse racing. Uh, the easiest thing to do would have been to put him in the, you know, put him in the stadium barn, in the breeding barn and, uh, and retire him and, and he'd live out his days very happily. But we, we, we felt that the horse had, had more to offer. Uh, and, you know, to, 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 win a group one at two, win a group one at three, and now he's, what, four group ones at four. Uh, he's got a, a record that, that very few stallions we've seen for many, many years. Uh, now behind him, and hopefully, we can still build on it. But um, look, it was an unbelievable thrill yesterday. Uh, so much came together. You know, in our organisation, um, to have a horse like Animo, it begins sort of six, five, six years ago when we plan the mating and get the mare in foal and then foal the mare down and educate and raise the horses through the system. And, you know, he's a product of, of the Godolphin system where. Everyone in our organization at some point has had has had had their fingerprints on him, and um, everyone enjoys the success and 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 that's what I get a real thrill out of it just seeing everyone there and enjoying it and getting the messages from 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 all parts of of our organization so yeah, wonderful
0: thrill. he's earned nearly nine point five million in prize money He's had twenty starts for eleven wins and seven minor placings, and of those eleven wins they're all black types, seven group ones, three group twos and one listed. But I think yesterday, then he crossed a line, animo. And I think it's a good line to cross. Uh, the, the purists know this horse is champion status, but the public took hold of him yesterday as well. That chanting of animo, animo. I, I think he crossed a great line yesterday. He's now he's now become sort of public property.
3: He Well, it very much. Uh, Has and yeah, the crowd uh, was all behind him. Even free race you could hear them yelling out the J Mac and cheering the horse. And even like that and just, just, just please be quiet after the race, because you know, <laughs> being a cult, you just don't want him to go off. Um, but but yeah, post-race, uh, we we felt like we're rock stars. So, you know, we're only bit players. He, the horse is he's the superstar, and 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 I think that, that was roundly acknowledged. Uh, by the crowd and young people and older people, you know, just coming over and saying hello and congratulations and wanting their photos. It was quite extraordinary. Never seen
1: it. it really exciting thing too, Vin, is there's um, probably a lot more to come. Can you, you shed a bit of light on potential plans for the future? Will we see him at Flemington? And I spoke to you last week about um, perhaps showing him off in Dubai in front of Sheikh Mohammed and then p- perhaps, um, you know, racing at Ascot in you know on that world stage as well.
3: Yeah, Ben. I mean, they're they're the races we're looking at. The, the, uh, the, the old McKinnon, or the Champion Stakes, as they call it now, uh, is well and truly on the radar. Saturday week at Flemington and uh, at the end of the VRC Carnival will be a, a great uh, you know, uh, finale to his this campaign. Um, so we definitely look at that, subject the horse being okay, um, and then just put him away and, and bring him back for one, maybe two races in Sydney, and then and then off to Dubai for the turf. Um, stakes, which is an 1800 metre race, Group 1. Uh, and to have him in front of Sheikh Mohammed would be be fantastic uh, for the Godolphin Australia organisation and, and then potentially onto Royal Ascot, all being well. It's, you know, everyone in racing in Australia has that aspiration and dream of, of competing at the highest level, and Royal Ascot is right there. So, uh, And we'd love to prove him on the world stage, love to prove him to the Europeans, and, and again, build his profile and his value as a stallion prospect.
0: I mentioned at the the start of our conversation about watching the Cox Plate yesterday reminded me how great a race this is that the stature it has. It also reminded me of of previous winners, and you've mentioned about Godolphin's preparation, and you are meticulous. That's, that's, that's known wholly and solely. You've won a Cox Plate with Animo, but you think about Winks winning four, and Kingston Town winning three, And I think watching Animo yesterday, knowing how great he is, we look at those horses that have won multiple Cox plates and say, how good were these horses? These horses were out there champions.
3: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And what we were actually touching on yesterday amongst ourselves was, you know, we were under immense pressure, Mm. uh, but we just would have been, you know, so much more. Uh, and multiples of each time that, that say Winks or Kingston Town turned up to do it, and uh, you know Winks had a fourth uh, win. I can only imagine the pressure that Chris Waller and Hugh Bowman and the connections were under, and uh, full credit to them because it's 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 intense. It's a um, it's a it's a real hot house, and uh, you know that, that's it's point. That's how good those horses are. You know we've got a very good one. He was arguably very unlucky in last year's Cox Plate he's come back and he's done it as a four-year-old um you know he's he's
1: right there with him is it fair to say vin apart from maybe just being fair away at the start wasn't brilliant away but after that the race panned out perfectly for you you ended up one out one back and it was a it was quite a slow speed and and you were there to pounce so i guess those behind you in in the race had their work cut out to run you down I, i guess so
3: but um yeah, you know, that's that's the beauty of a Cox Plate. It's uh, it's the race itself, as James said, that, that beats it um, rather than any particular horse. So uh, you know, there's different pressures at different times in those races, and uh, you have to play your cards accordingly. And the one thing about the Cox Plate, it's it's always the best horse that generally wins. It's, it's rare that the wrong one wins. No. Uh, and and, and you know, I think that's, that's a testament to the race.
0: That's an excellent point you make. That the the, the best horse generally does win. James McDonald, a typical 10 out of 10 ride. We expect that. What about the other James, James Cummings? And I just wanted to reflect on this, and and you know him extremely well. When he talks about Animo, it's, he's, he's daring to dream. This, this is the second time he's done this. He did it, I think, after the uh, one of those wins, Money and the Might and Power. And when he was talking about horses like Dajinsky and Mill Reef and Secretariat, I know he wasn't comparing Animo to those horses, but... This is his Najinski, this is his secretarian animo. He he talks about this horse in a far different way than he does about any other horses. Oh, there's
3: no doubt. He's a he's a great student of, of, of form and a great student of, of great horses and, and and he and he likes reading about them and understanding them and knowing about them and, and you know, in some, I guess in some way trying to learn about their idiosyncrasies to build his repertoire or his arsenal of, of how to train a great horse and and he's got a, his hands on a on a very good horse he knows that uh and he thinks about him daily and just just how he can tweak it one way or another and um you know great credit to him um you know he's a, he's he's what 34 years of age uh he's on a trajectory that that's taking him in you know, into the the elite of all-time trainers um you know he's he's far in front of his grandfather, um, at the same age, which is a scary thought
1: when you think about. It. Great win in the Cox Plate. Obviously, that would have taken up almost all your attention. But I've got to save in Golden Mile. Your Caulfield Guineas winner was exceptional in Sydney as well. The punters were prepared to take him on a bit in that um, newly named Calendar Presnell, the Group Two race, uh, but won with absolute dominance again.
3: Yeah, that kind of surprises. When, when, yeah, early all the way through the week, he was sort of a dollar eighty and starts at 220 or 230 or something um uh we were, we were sort, of, sort of perplexed we thought, the wheels must have fallen off somewhere but uh we we're pretty confident the horse is extra well he's a very very good colt, uh and uh and and, and you know it won very well so um yeah, we were delighted with the horse he'll he'll have a little spell now and uh, look forward to bringing him back in the autumn and um i think there's uh there's some nice races in front of him that uh that he'll be highly competitive
0: Racing's a roller coaster. Poor lady, looked to disappointing on face value of the Manicado.
3: No doubt uh, he was. We were expecting him to run a lot better than he did. Uh, but that's the the vagaries of racing: the highs and lows, and and the disappointments. And that's why you enjoy those successes because the journey to to a, to uh, to a winning post is uh, is is paved with disappointment. And um, and, and that's one of those, those one of those days. But like we haven't really got to the bottom of what happened there. I think he's just, you know, he had. He, he, he mentally, I don't think he, he was quite there on the day. Whether it was because he'd been there the night before or something, we don't know. But um, we'll, we'll let the dust settle a bit and, and take stock and, and see where we can go, aim up with him uh, going forward.
0: Does Pericles go to the derby?
3: Um, a big step if we did. It's not off the cable. Very happy with his run. Uh, third start, do that. Pretty good effort. Um So, but then we've got to go to 2,500 metres. Do we really want to do that? Not sure. So, uh, again, to see how the horse is, but it's not off the table, but certainly not uh, carved in stone.
0: Good on you, Vin. Appreciate your time. And once again, from where we started, we finished. Congratulations on yesterday.
3: Thank you, David. Thank you, Ben. I very much appreciate your support.
0: You're listening to Radio Tabs Past the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. I sincerely hope Animo does run at Flemington on the last day because uh, the Carnival looks after itself. The Melbourne Cup looks after itself. But we need some headline horses for these big races. And I I think it's shaping well The Coolmore is going to be a good race and the Derby next Saturday. And we'll touch on that a little later. Uh, Nature Strip and Giga Kick in the, the the sprint race on the final day. But Animo being there would be very good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Racing needs every one of its headline horses. Rothfire as well. well I think we'll have Roth, uh, Rob Pease get on later, but Rothfire will... Um, take on Nature Strip and Giga Kick in that sprint race after running a very valiant second, uh, I've got to say, in the Manicado, Out of the Cox Plate beaten brigade. Wasn't on Thunderstruck enormous from second last. That was a big run. El Bodegon, I thought, was good. Very, like, sort of six 800 metres out. Ollie was right into that horse, and I thought, oh, no, um, this horse is going to drop out. But he loves a fight and just kept coming for third. He's definitely got a nice... Um, racing him. Zaki was good. Alligator Blood, I thought, was particularly good. Sitting outside the speed, crossing from the wide gate uh, to be beaten only two lengths by Animo, I thought was uh, exceptional. Got to make mention of one horse. Ninth place gold trip, mm. uh, Jamie Spencer. You fly a jockey around from the other side of the world and you cop a ride like that. Uh, I don't think they'd be that thrilled. Uh I haven't got an ear to the, to the, to the mind of connections, but, uh, I would be racing that horse in the Melbourne Cup for sure. That was dead set like a track gallop yesterday for Gold Trip.
0: Yesterday showed the Cox plate is the wait for age championship, but the finish, except for Profundo, maybe to a lesser degree maximal, it showed what we've seen right through the spring. There's not a lot between these horses. (laughs) That's not, that's not putting down Animo. Animo is the best and the best horse won. And he's got a great future ahead of him, but it showed there's not a lot between them. And you know, I think you've got to be fair, Dinkum, when you say that. If I'm thunderstruck and drawn a better gate and being closer, you can't make a case that he would have. He could have challenged Animo. Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. And that's what I guess I alluded to with Vin. Animo was superb, but a slowly run race for most of it, sitting just smoking his pipe. James McDonald, one out, one back, effectively. Uh, when, you know, all his main opposition was, apart from Zaki, was behind him. Just, you know, had every possible one well, but, gee, there were some other good runs in that race as well. I thought it was a terrific cox play.
0: And I think that's why if Adamo does go to the last day of the carnival, it will be great because um, he'll be the favourite. He'll be a clear favourite. But what we've seen, you know, (laughs) he's not past the post. He's not in that invincible category because he hasn't been winning by... By big margins, and again, that takes nothing away from him. But I think that race with Animos' presence, uh, as you know, the probably the, the star so far of, of the carnival, champion status, and looking towards uh, racing overseas, and that's another reason the public, I'm sure, will get behind Animo. They got behind, behind him yesterday. He won the big race, the Cox Plate, but we'll be following him so closely when he goes to Dubai, and then
1: possibly even to Ascot. Well, won't that be a major moment in the? You know the career of Vin Cox, the whole Australian James Cummings, the whole God- Godolphin Australian operation, showing their best horse and one of the best horses Godolphin has ever had off in front of the big boss Sheikh Mohammed. That'll be huge for that entire team.
0: Exactly right. The Cox Plate. It's a race that doesn't need to worry about a prize money tag against its name. It speaks for itself. We've got plenty to get through at the Valley. Big day there yesterday. There were 11 races because the Manicato was called off on Friday night when a Thunderstorm came through. They say it was like a light show with lightning and thunder. But anyway, the Manicato was transferred to the last race yesterday. Here's the replay.
2: Rothfire, Best of Bordeaux together then Savatou Excel ridden along from the Astrologist Paul Ailey next the inside hits a bit of a flat spot before the corner as Best of Bordeaux and Rothfire go two lengths in front on the corner 250 out Rothfire Best of Bordeaux and Bella Nipitina has driven through underneath of those around the turn at the 150 Bella Nipitina takes the lead kicks clear, two lengths, Rothfire and Best of Bordeaux streaking away Bella Nipitina and boy, doesn't she deserve this. a four legs. Best of Bordeaux, then September run. 11-11 the astrologers, Paul Ailey, Behemoth, to Excel, and Streets of Avalon.
0: Yeah, Kieran Maher and David Eustace there with Craig Williams riding, and she was a comprehensive winner. It was like the heavens open. They all drifted wide, and uh, Craig just shot her on the inside, and it was an ever-widening margin.
1: Yeah, I suppose she put the riding on the wall, didn't she, with that uh, terrific run in the Moyer um, it just behind Cool and Koolangatta. It's taken her 32 races to win um, a Group 1. So, look, congratulations to all the connections. Uh, there was no taking away from that win. She absolutely bolted in. I don't think Rothfire and of Bordeaux did themselves too many favours Yes, with, they sort of cut at each other a bit, didn't they? But neither one of them would have beaten the winner on the day. But I thought Rothfire and of Bordeaux um, both ran valiantly, considering especially the wet track as well.
0: You mentioned it took to get to start 32. She had a very poor strike rate, this mayor uh, in her career earlier in her career. And I remember speaking to Kieran Marr after the first run they gave her. It was in the Healy at Eagle Farm just over, well, June of 2021. They won the race with a way game, and I said, gee... Uh, Bella Nipitina, um you know, you'll, you'll have your tasks set there. But uh, he didn't agree, and he was, again, 100% right because they took her through a great path where last spring, of course, she ran second in the Manicado to Jonker, and she ran third behind Nature Strip in, the, in the, what was then the VRC Classic. And, of course, she's come back. She's contested every big race, the Oakley Plate, the Galaxy. Uh, she won a Group 2 race at Royal Ramek. She went to the Sangster, the Goodwood, and then, of course, this campaign with the Norman Carline and the Moyer and then leading up to the win on yesterday.
1: And I've got to say, David, great decision by Michael Burrell, the boss of Mooney Valley, and uh, Racing Victoria to reschedule this race for the Saturday. There was talk late on Friday night. Uh-oh, we won't be able to run the Manakata tomorrow. The race programs have already come out. I mean, stuff that. Like, really, racing has to be agile. It has to be light on its feet. Um, I thought it was terrific. Yes, it, you know, there was a couple of jockey changes and, and, yeah, there was a couple of scratchings as it turned out yesterday, but the right decision was made, I thought.
0: I wonder if Paul Lally did turn up yesterday and say, Well, I was here last night. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it today. It's <laughs> stuffed. Let's, let's go to, uh, we'll talk about the derby now because the next race we're going to have a listen to is the VARS, which is a, a traditional lead up to next week's VRC derby. The favourite was Berkeley Square, but bookmakers took it on. Pericles was the best backed.
2: So the leader dashing just but Pericles and Barkley Square move up. Then Skyfios at the 400 meters. Virtuous Circle is stoked into it, 2 off the lead. Then got to be Savvy and Sir Bailey. Pericles and Barkley Square together. Dashing is gone. Then Skyfios and Virtuous Circle. 200 to go. Pericles sprints for home. A length and a half Barkley Square. Virtuous Circle is running on. Pericles 100 to go. Barkley Square wearing it down. Virtuous Circle's coming hard. Barkley Square takes the lead. Barclay Square for I won it. Barclay Square from a photo virtuous circle. All Perigles, a gap in the field to either Berardino dashing with Sir Bailey. Then came well back Skyfios. Got to be savvy. And at the end of the field, Al Gendi. Well, Barclay
0: Square, they took him on, but they uh, uh, paid because uh, he was too good for them, Barclay Square. A, a perfect ride by Craig Williams. It's something of an, an animo uh, sort of ride like what J-Mac did, a 1-1 trail. That's what Craig did with Barkley Square. Eased out down, down the side. He was the strongest horse on the day. Dan O'Sullivan's his trainer. He's joining us now. Dan, good morning.
4: Morning, fellas. How are we going?
0: Yeah, good. And uh, congratulations on yesterday. Of course, the grand final comes up this weekend, but what you saw yesterday, I'm sure you would have been happy with. Yeah, I was
4: very happy. It was a very, look, it was uh, from a good we outside. It was a very exciting race to watch. A uh, very good finish and uh, he was he was the, he was very really strong on the line and on a track he wasn't absolutely handling that well. Um, first time around Mooney Valley can be a bit tricky for him, and and the big crowd, the big noise, and, and the, probably the, the
1: the heavy track too wasn't quite in his favour. Dan, this is the horse of—I don't know—horse of a lifetime might be overstating it, but it's a you know it's a, it's a superb horse for you. There was talk, obviously, um, you know, in the last couple of months about big offers from Hong Kong and, and all sorts of things. How close did the owners come to entertaining those offers?
4: Um, no, they entertained them, but it was never really for sale. You know, um, David Peacock, who bred the horse and was leased it out with a lot of his friends. Uh, he is, in his words, he's not getting any younger, and he wants to enjoy it. And um, you know, he's, he's fortunate enough that have plenty of money, so it's not going to change his life if he sells him, but he's just really enjoying the, the fun and the ride and you know, the opportunity to, to get to a derby.
0: Hey, Dan, I'm glad you brought up David Peacock. Of course, uh, he's probably best known from an ownership point of view with the Discreet Horses, but he's been a, a very successful administrator in South Australia, a successful owner and breeder. And the point you made, uh, it wasn't lost on me when I, when I met him some time ago, several years ago, he loves racing horses, but he loves racing horses with friends. And this, what he's done with Barkley Square, is no different to what he's done with many horses over the years.
4: For sure, he, and um, he he's usually raced a lot of the fillies and sold the colts or geldings. Um, but this bloke also, again, credit to, to Dave, to David, and to uh, the group down at Mill, at Mill Park there in South Australia, where this horse got very sick as a, as a young horse, mm. and there was talk of him not, not surviving. Um, and, and let alone being a racehorse. And so for David's patience and spent the money uh, to get the horse back. And Mill Park persevered with him and got him back to the, the condition he's in now. And um, as again, as I say, to credit to David that he's put all these people in and he loves racing with people. And and with some of his mares, uh, when they get the the black type up, he, he also is is also a breeder. So once they get to a level, he says, okay, she's off to stud now, guys. Quite often that ride can finish pretty quickly, but. With this bloke being a gelding, hopefully these, these guys can have, a, have a, uh, a long ride for a long time.
1: You saw off your opposition yesterday, and it looks like, well, uh, Virtuous Circle's definitely the second-place um, horse yesterday. has definitely gone to the paddock. We had Vin Cox on before, and Pericles seems unlikely for the derby. So I guess you're looking at Mr Maestro, the, the Kiwi, and also the spring champion winner, Smart and, and Sharp. You uh, won that race in outstanding style. I'm sure you would have watched that race yesterday as potentially your main opposition next Saturday.
4: Yeah, they they seem with the logical ones, but also there is that getting out to the to the 2500, it can bring a lot of horses undone, and a lot of horses who could be looking a little bit plain at 2000 metres or shorter. Once they get out to this distance, it becomes um, a pretty tough test for three-year-olds. So there's a some of these horses, you know, we um, were talking here on the TV before about uh, Johnny Get Angry, who ran about seventh or eighth in the in the Vase, uh, and then a week later come out and win a Derby. So horses can improve pretty quickly after this trip. So um, you, you just treat them all with respect, and but the the bottom line is all I can do is worry, worry about my horse and keep him ticking over nicely and um, and having him right going into the
0: race at the right time. Dan, you're 100% that it that it's your horse. You have to look after Barclays Square. So <clears throat> two questions I'll put to you as we go to next week um, seven day backup, uh, which you knew was on, was happening. But what do you think about Barclays Square at 2500 metres? You know the horse better than anyone. I don't have any issue with it. Um, very very early days, when he won his first race at Geelong, we
4: were going to go down the series here called the um, uh, the Taj Rossi series. Mm. And that gets him out to the 1,800 metres pretty early on, uh, late in the two-year-old career, uh, two-year-old season. And But he got hurt at home, so then I had to back off him and we started the short course. And then once Craig Williams rode him, he was pretty pretty adamant that he could win a course for guineas. He was brilliant enough to do that. As I early days my thoughts for the the gears would be too brilliant for him and he would want two thousand meters to be competitive at the good level mm.
3: um
4: the other thing that gives me a lot of and, and and two other things that give me a lot of um you know confidence, was, uh, confidence that he'll get the uh, get the trip is it, when he works here at home you know he works working whatever a trip or he does everything with the utmost of ease he's very relaxed and he never touches his wind he, and even from the run yesterday he recovers very well but um he's brother, Senior Tober, who's over in Hong Kong, he was placed, uh, placed all one. I can't remember now, A Queensland Derby um, as, as, a, as a late three-year-old. He went to Hong Kong and he indexed 2,000 metres plus to be at his best. Um, and also he's out of a mare who I trained for David called Bahamas. And she, in, in one campaign, got to 2,000 metres at Group 1 level and then just got beaten over 2,500 at, at about his sixth start. So uh, the female side produces um, pretty good stars, I believe.
0: You've prosecuted a good case there. Well, it's all ahead of us now, only a week to go. Congratulations on yesterday, but most importantly, good luck next Saturday. Thanks very much, guys. Dan O'Sullivan joining us based at Ballarat. And uh, yeah, David Peacock's a wonderful man for racing and he gets so much fun out of racing his horses, but racing his horses with a lot of friends. And this derby next week, as I said before, often the derby, you know, it's a blue riband race and it's, uh, it's one of the, the, the big ones of the carnival. Sometimes it falls a little short in terms of what it delivers or what it promises on paper. But this is a good race because you've got three horses at the top of the market, all in red-hot form. Uh, Mr Maestro's been going well, sharp and smart. We'll talk about him later, hopefully speak to Graham Rogerson and uh, Dan's horse, Barclay Square. You
1: could make a serious winning case for the three of them. I could make a serious winning case for a horse who's not going to be there. Unfortunately, that virtuous circle, he ran second in the bars yesterday. Uh, I think Liam Howley... Thinks he's got a serious horse on his hands. It's a big call, isn't it? Not to back up uh, seven days later after that powerful uh, finish we saw from Virtual Circle. But he knows his horse better than anyone, so he's obviously got big fish to fry uh, down the track. But, yeah, it should be a good Derby day.
0: Certainly should be. Mr Maestro currently favoured three fifty, sharp and smart, four dollars in Barclay Square. Four fifty. They do corner the market because distrustful Award is the next pick, but he's at eleven dollars. Let's go to the Mooney Valley Gold Cup at Group 2 level.
2: So the Amazonian at the 450 with Francesco Gardi who takes the lead. Sprints up and takes the lead a length and a half. Persan, the Amazonian Grand Promenade. Then came Luna Flair who stays on from Nerve, not Verve. But it's Francesco Gardi. The favourite blazes away. Four legs in front of Persan. Luna Flair running on. Francesco Gardi halfway up the straight. Led by three legs to Luna Flair, who's finishing well. But it's all Francesco Gardi to win the gold cup easily two and a half Luna flare per san. a gap grand promenade san herberto the amazonian desert icon nerve not verve serpentine cariff a gap the good fight and last was sacramento
0: often if you have bets in long distance races or jumps or with their hurdles or steeplechases, it's an anxious watch i've never seen a horse traveling so well and so much like a winner so far from home, and it panned out that
1: way. Yeah, I mean, that horse was an absolute moral beaten in the bark mm-hmm. cummings when it almost you know, fell, and then subsequently started a short price yesterday. Now, so many times, certainly in my punting life, you back something to the moral beaten one start, and then you just get done over again. But that wasn't the case yesterday, which begs the question, why was he entered in the Melbourne Cup? I mean, if that horse, the way he won yesterday, would run top eight in the Melbourne Cup, I reckon, for sure. So, look, maybe they've missed a trick next year. They are already talking about potentially next year. Um, but, wow, uh, I know the Melbourne Cup's a different ballpark, but, gee whiz, if he's not a top eight, top ten Melbourne Cup horse, I'm not here.
0: And and he's really turned a corner because we saw him here during the Carnival in Brisbane briefly in low-key races. Uh, he won a, a race at Eagle Farm over 1,400. Went back to Sydney, and he's been good in Sydney without being exciting. All of a sudden he goes to Melbourne, he jumps him about 500 metres in distance, was, as you said, a good thing leaked and then just brained them yesterday. So he's turned a decent corner and normally at the right time, but not to be this old.
1: Yeah, and, of course, uh, our old mate Noel Greenow um, is, is from Brisbane is in Francesco Guardi wearing the same colours, of course, as El Bodigon who ran a, um, a really nice race for third in the Cox Plate. Let's go to the Crystal Mile,
0: also group two level, race six yesterday.
2: Buffalo River on the point of the corner, grabbed by My Oberon, who goes for home. My Oberon, two lengths. Buffalo River, Banker's Choice, Visanari. My Oberon, 100 metres to go, is coming clear for Johnny Allen, who's going to win the race two years in succession. It's My Oberon winning by about a length and a half. Second to Banker's Choice from Buffalo River, Visanari. Call cool sign, Mav, gentleman, Roy, military expert, and last was Holbein. Yes, my Oberon,
0: Annabelle Nisham unveiling an import and
1: impressive, impressive. Wow, we. I reckon it would have run in the top six or seven. Had it had it run at Cox Plate, I mean that that's that's how impressive that horse was. She's um, clearly got something to work um, towards next year. I think already talking about a Cox Plate next year. So um, yeah, it's a you know proven method for her getting horses these sort of imports from overseas. And it looks like she's got another good one on the hands here.
0: Yeah, $6 for the the champions' Mile. So uh, weather, just by, before I go, look at that, fighting up outside
1: now. Isn't it a beautiful day? we. Wow, I've
0: yeah. done that weather report right again. Just
1: quickly, mm. the Bureau of Meteorology, they don't want to be called the bomb. They're kidding themselves. Just sh- shut up and tell us what the weather is. I think they've had a bit of drama this week. But well, just they? get the bloody weather right, <laughs> honestly. That's your one job. One job in life, get the weather right. My over on six dollars for the <laughs> champions mile. Let's continue on plenty of big
0: racing in the valley yesterday. This is the Group Two Phillies Classic.
2: Zoe's Promise left the fence and Climbing Star got right up on the inside from Boo Boo Boogie and Do it La now four deep as the race is on around the corner Zoe's Promise joined by Climbing Star Do it La three wide a length off those and then came Star anne Climbing Star at the 150 led by three quarters of a length to Zoe's Promise Climbing Star from Zoe's Promise who's coming again Climbing Star just in front Zoe's Promise drives and got her Zoe's so Promises won from Climbing Star, do it, Lara, then Queen Air. Starry Anne behind them from Vagrant Boo Boo Boogie. Then came She's Pretty Rich and Zest for Life was last of all.
0: Well, if the uh, fixed market's any indication, that race has a, has a very minimal form reference on the Oaks because Zoe's Promise who won is uh, still at $26 for the Oaks.
1: Yeah, but every race has a story, doesn't it? And Alana Kelly, the um, terrific young apprentice there, goes away with the biggest win of her career, and I think she walked the track pretty well and just discovered exactly where to be. So, um, you know, riding a winner, any winner, on Cox Plate Day is big for an apprentice, let alone a Group 2 race. Uh, She would have absolutely loved that.
0: The Group 3 Tessio was the second-last race on this big card yesterday.
2: Around the corner, Leo Miss, Miss Cartier with My Whisper the outside. My Whisper always wide, but she goes to the front. She kicks clear a length and a half. Ciruleo Miss, Saigon and Roots back to the inside. 100 to go. My Whisper in front. Roots is charging at her, but My Whisper will win it. My Whisper from Roots and Leo Miss and then Saigon Steinem. Further back, do sir. Miss Cartier got tired. Second last in the race, agreeable, and last Savonia.
0: Very capable mayor. That's her fifth win from only nine starts, a mayor by Frankel for Peter and Paul Snowden.
1: Yeah, the Sydney mayor's had this race by the scruff of their neck, My Whisper and Roots, who I must say, despite the fact that My Whisper raced wide, you couldn't take anything away from the win. Roots just never got clear air, and if you're on uh, her as the favourite, um, you were probably spitting chips. But uh, nevertheless, good win, good solid win from My Whisper.
0: Yeah, it was a case of My Whisper having the momentum and Roots just waiting for the run to come, and uh, when it came... The bird had flown. Our final replay from the valley yesterday is the red anchor.
2: 500 to go, Sweet Ride the leader by a length and a quarter and starts to dial it up from Great Barrier Reef and then came Shalailed. next Mr Tickles, Sajardin and that's just about the race as they come around the bend 300 to go, Sweet Ride led comfortably, two lengths Great Barrier Reef and then Shalail the fence further back Sajardin hooking to the middle of the track but with 150 metres to go, Sweet Ride, still two lengths in front, Sajardan's chasing hard, Sweet Ride getting tired, Sajardan's coming hard and got over the top and one, Sir Jordan beat Sweet Ride, Shalailed Great Barrier Reef, King's Consort. A gap in the field, Mr. Tickles, and so just Kobe was last.
0: Yeah, Sir Jarden, Jamie Carr riding for Gary Portelli, the Sydney Sider uh, bouncing back into the winning list.
1: Yeah, I thought Chad Schofield uh, maybe just was a, went a bit too early here on Sweet Ride. I'm not quite sure what he went for home for, but nevertheless. Um, Sir Jardin was very, very powerful on the line. Hadn't won in a while, so a lovely little fill-up for Gary Portelli and there goes on to the Coolmore and wouldn't be without a hope. Exactly
0: right. Uh, so that was the Valley yesterday, Cox Plate Day. Of course, we go to the VRC's uh, week next week, beginning with Derby Day on Saturday. Don't forget next Sunday, too, here on Past the Post, special Melbourne Cup edition. Field will be out with barrier draws and prices. We'll be going through every horse trying to find you the winner. The trifecta and the first four, yeah, throw on the exactor as well. That'd
1: be funny. how did we go last year? I th- Actually, I tipped very. Did I tip very? No, I think I tipped incentivized to beat very very elegant. I can't remember, but uh, very elegant was there somewhere anyway. Philly, no, nor it was a long time ago. <laughs> Let's take a
0: break. Back to look back at spring champion stakes day at Royal Ramwick next. You're listening to Radio Tabs Past the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. Thanks for your company this morning on Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Their website is archerparkracing.com.au. They got the money on Friday night at the Sunshine Coast with Pocketful. full they ended up with a Pocketful. They left me out of that one. But anyway, I'll settle that score later on. And they just missed out with Count de Beans yesterday. Caught on the line by the stablemate Deer Trail. But anyway, go to the website. Plenty happening there and horses to buy. Of course, yielding sales just around the corner. As is the big week at Flemington coming up next Saturday. The Derby will be the big race. And one horse who staked his claim well and truly was sharp and smart by winning yesterday's spring champion stakes at Royal Randwick. And here is the replay.
5: Coming to the turn, Bunkerhart in front, Williamsburg went up to join it, now Elliptical pulls out and Machilade pulls out and it's game on on the spring champion stakes. Bunkard's gone, Elliptical in the middle, moved up with Machilade, Williamsburg dropped off a length, Sharp and Smart angling into the clear, Renaissance woman right down the outside and she's extreme, So chasing to do, it's Elliptical and Machilade slogging it out in the spring champion, Sharp and Smart's coming late, it's Elliptical in front from Machilade, Sharp and Smart, Elliptical just in front. Sharp and Smart goes to it. The outside lunges and I think got up to win. I think Sharp and Smart may have got there a nose over elliptical. Third between She's Extreme and Matt followed by Williams, Burgo and County. Then came Renaissance Woman from Mansois. A big gap back to Conqueror from Copplesome Bunker Hut and Promito dropped out of it.
0: He was good here during our carnival, winning the not winning, running second in the Phoenix to political debate and then running fourth in the JJ Atkins. Uh, But obviously, Graham Rogerson looked towards the spring and uh, everything is going swimmingly. Won the globing, the rescheduled globing, and then a fairly quick backup to win the, the champion yesterday and now to the derby on Saturday.
1: That was a 2,000 metre race yesterday, but he's almost won over the Melbourne Cup distance. He was wide all the way. I just kept watching and expecting, I knew he was a good horse, I kept watching and expecting him to sort of, you know, run a valiant third or fourth or something. That was a dead set incredible win. And it franks Graham Rogerson's opinion of him because I remember when he was up here in the winter, uh, even when he got beat, he said, this is a Cox Plate horse. And I, I sort of thought, are you serious? Mm. But obviously he, he knew what he had under the bonnet. Uh, this was a sensational win, the win of the day, I thought. And I understand James McDonald is booked for the Victoria Derby. So not easy to get J-Mac. Um but obviously um, thinks this horse is a real player, and of course he is after yesterday. Wow, that was some sort of win.
0: What I saw yesterday is what I saw in the gloaming as well. Now in the gloaming, he was going to be beaten. He was going to be beaten, but he just wouldn't give up, never say die, kicked on the line and won. Yesterday, you look back at the replay at about the, the 200 metres, he's going to run a, a sound or creditable third uh, and not be far from the winner. But he just kept lifting again. That never say die. But to add further merit to yesterday, as you said, he was wide all of the way. So terrific performance. And as we said, they're like Berkeley Square. The seven-day back up now to the Derby and going to the twenty-five hundred. So they've got similar profiles, but coming out of different races.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a bit to get through, isn't he? He's got to travel. He's got to back up in seven days. Uh, he's got the twenty. Got to get the twenty-five hundred, which doesn't look like any problem in the world. Um, but yeah, just even just even just visually, that was just so impressive.
0: Well, let's hear from the man who knows him better than anyone else, Graham Rogerson. He's on the line. Graham, good morning. Yeah, morning. Congratulations. We were just saying before you came on air, what we love about this horse is he just never gives up.
6: Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing yet. I think my uh, opinion of him. I reckon in the next six months he'll be really some horse. And Hughie Bowman thinks the same. He's just learning to be a racehorse. He said he just wants to win and he just keeps giving. But when he learns it all, he'll be a nice horse.
1: Two two questions, Graham. Congratulations on yesterday's 2,000-metre race yesterday. How many metres do you estimate he, he ran? Because it was a lot longer than 2,000 for him. He was wide all the way. Uh, and Hugh, he yeah.
6: said he went 50 yards further. He couldn't <laughs> get in. He said everything went wrong. Uh, uh, no, nah, Huey was great about it, you know. Uh, he thinks he thinks he'll be very hard to beat in the derby next week but the only think Huey he can't ride him because he's uh taken a ride in the in the golden eagle
1: so you booked james mcdonald is that correct
6: uh i haven't booked anyone i've just left it to luke mcdonald jerry's manager it wouldn't matter who rides him he's not hard to ride
0: anyone could ride him no uh, exactly right i'm always so in... i've
6: left it him i told him to give me a ring tomorrow
0: I'm always interested in how horses develop when they have breaks. We were saying before we saw him up here in Brisbane in the winter and he ran really well. But as as you said, was probably really learning then. When he had that break, it wasn't a long break either. Did he develop physically and mentally?
6: Yeah, he's always been a grouse horse. He's so quiet. Mm. But he didn't know what he was doing in Brisbane and I didn't want to put blinkers or anything on him. And Huey said to me he was unlucky not to win there because he just didn't know what he was doing and he got squeezed up and one thing. But he's got better and better and uh, uh, he, uh, I think really he'll go home. He flies out, I think, Wednesday week back to New Zealand. I'll give him a month out and then he doesn't race again till the end of January. He's going to have three starts in New Zealand and then come back to Australia and... I'll run him in the AJC derby and maybe the Queen Elizabeth and then he may come to Brisbane for the derby and then I'll get my spell up in Queensland for a month before he gets
1: ready for the spring. There wasn't, but, uh, a, there wasn't a three-year-old in the Cox Plate yesterday, Graham. Did you ever give any thought to rolling the dice in that direction?
6: Yeah, I did. Actually, my granddaughter talked me out of it. <laughs> she wrote him... Uh, first up and said he doesn't even know what he's doing he just wanted to stay by the other horse and he ended up winning but uh, uh he uh, she said no nah, it's a year too soon so that's why we changed it running here i don't think he likes it wet but he's such a genuine horse he ran in that uh, gloaming and he just kept finding the line <clears throat> it's great. I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with him and i I gotta get back to New Zealand to go. I think Jerry's got fifty and they're ready to run over there. I've got to pick another sharp and smart for the boys.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you will. This sounds like a real long range plan, so we're gonna enjoy the ride as well. Good luck at the derby next week.
6: Yeah, oh well as long as he's all right,
0: I'll check him out. He, he goes down tomorrow night and
6: as long as he's a hundred percent he'll run.
0: Glad you mate. Thanks for joining us this morning. Okay, thank you. Graham Rogerson joining us this morning and uh yeah, it's a um, great horseman, been around for a long time, and this would be giving him a lot of fun, like, late in life, to, to enjoy a horse of this calibre, and as he said, a horse who's still going through a learning process.
1: Yeah, great memories, I reckon, yesterday for Oji on the day that uh, Savabille, obviously, yeah. won uh, the Cox Plate too. I, I remember there was a funny story around that. He um, he bought Savabille, and virtually every horse... Uh, at the time, he, you know, Jerry Harvey kept shares in and didn't keep shares in Sufferbill. So, Roger got the lot.
0: Other features yesterday at Royal Ramick included the invitation. Let's have a listen to the replay.
1: Inside the
5: 600 meters, Expat got a bit of a breather there, lead by a length on Nimalee. SWAT set out deep from Forbidden Love, the rails, and Electric Girl, Barb Raider's gone via the Cape. Further back to She's a Belder on the rails from Promise of Success, Espiona, and Ice Bar stands them a big start. Expat at the 300, a length on Nimalee, Forbidden Love working into the clear. Promise of Success is chiming in nicely, and Promise of Success moved up on the outside of Nimalee and Forbidden Love. It's Promise of Success just in front from Nimalee, Electric Girl late promise of success in front from Electric Girl and promise of success wins the invitation. A neck on the line. Electric Girl photo third. Belle here and Nimalee. Then came Never Talk. Further back to Espiona. She's a Belter. Expat Forbidden Love got a chance from swats That Ice Bath never a factor after missing the kick a length and a half. And Barb Raider didn't handle the home turn well and has finished last. Yes,
0: a race that doesn't have any group status, being a new race, the second running of it, in fact, but a $2 million prize overall, but a promise of success. She's a seven-year-old mare. That was her fifth win yesterday. She didn't fire first up, but Karen McAvoy said to John O'Shea, don't be disappointed. A few things went wrong. He, he kept faith with by riding her, and they got the results.
1: Yeah, and it was a nice little pick-me-up for John O'Shea. Of course, had lost in running scratch mm. from the Everest uh, the week before, pretty heartbreaking considering it was the second favourite. But, look, I... Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if this invitation a two million dollar race. Um, two million dollars. Wow. Not sure if it really hits the mark personally on Cox Plate day. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was because a ruffy one yesterday. I'm not sure. I'm sure we'll, you know, have some stars coming through there. But just, I must say, didn't do that much for me yesterday.
0: Yeah. Not every race can can really get your attention. I understand that. I'm probably in a similar frame of mind to you on that one. Let's go to uh, Golden Miles winning the the Calendar Presnell. He was the favourite, but they did take him on.
5: As they come around the turn, so it's Burgunder flat out now, and making the move communist, and communist races to the league. Golden Mile's giving chase. Communist a length in front, but Golden Mile is honing in quickly. They're clear then from Basquiat, and a lot more love. Communist the inside, the outside Golden Mile, and Golden Mile puts the head in front now. It's a Dow battle here. Golden Mile from communist, who won't give in without a fight. Golden Mile just in front, and Golden Mile goes on to win the calendar. Presnell wanted a neck on the line to communist. A lot more love ran into a clear third at the end. Well clear from Token Capitalist, then Basquiat, further back to monastery from Brosnan. A big gap back to Flag of Honour is flopped today with Field Commander and the Leader Burgunder. It nearly tailed off at the end.
0: Well, he completes a Butte Spring because, of course, uh, he won the Caulfield Guineas, uh, so he's uh, a Group 1 winner and winning that Group 2 there. Yes, they also won the Group 2 Ming Dynasty and I think it also uh, begs that the observation... Uh, godolphin they've had a tremendous spring, haven't they? Herald, uh, highlighted by Animo, but uh, lots of winners everywhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they took Golden Mile on because they thought the Caulfield Guineas form might not be much good, but they were wrong because, A, Golden Mole uh, obviously won. Elliptical ran really well uh, in the spring champion. Uh, Elliptical was second in the Caulfield Guineas and Berkeley Square fourth in the Caulfield Guineas came out uh, and won so well in Melbourne and is now one of the leading contenders for the Derby. So I think we can say the Caulfield Guineas was a pretty good Caulfield Guineas.
0: That was Royal Ram with yesterday and, of course, we go to Rose Hill on Saturday for the Golden Eagle, another big day coming up. Let's turn our attention now to Doombin here on past the Post. We had a 10-eventer and, as we said, the rain stayed off for the first half of the program, it was light rain for the second half of the program, but the track uh, handled it very well. Let's go to the last race. Promising Mayor here called Driver Deal coming to the turn now with just over 400 left to run. Again Alderman had a crack at Lemon Duchess. Chigway, Torrey, camped on their backs. Driver deal working to the race, fourth of the bend, being rustled up to come after these leaders and Smirk behind it in. in the straight though, Alderman had good odds, burst of the lead from Lemon Duchess but Driver Neal's coming strongly. Smirk not doing enough. Alderman still in front Driver deal has to pull out all stops but is rallying now. Alderman the leader. Driver deal on the outside, raced up. Hit the lead and the favourite is home of the last. Driver deal beat home on the inside all the and slow hands up for third from either uh, flensburg or smirk then came savvy oak lemon duchess at the head of the others was magic conqueror then isabella's spring chickway tory and way beyond last home in 140 and 23 completed a good day for the rob heathcote stable at doom and a training treble. he's with us now rob good morning good morning david and ben uh you paid this bear a very good compliment after the race you've got a good opinion of it
7: have done from the day from day one. I mean, she came to me in good order, and she was already a three-year-old winner over a mile. So it was just a matter of fine-tuning her. Because even <clears throat> even yesterday, you saw David. She she still got a bit to learn. You know, Ben had to really throw the kitchen sink at her at the 600 to get her to refocus. How bite. She'd had a little bit of a toughish run yesterday when she couldn't get in, but uh, once she realised what it was all about, she dug down for the fight, and she was impressive the last couple of hundred.
0: Where do we go with her now? She's a mare in form, so she's in a good position. Do we keep going or do we ease up? Look, it would be easy to give her a break, um, but bear in mind that that was her
7: fourth win. Um, she's still you know, lowly in the ratings when it comes to feature races. Mm. So uh, you're right, when these mares are in form, you're, you're better off striking while the iron's hot. But, but in three weeks' time, i found an ideal mile race, so that affords me a week a week out with her. So she'll be on the float tomorrow. She can have, you know, three days with her. I was going to say the sun on her back. <laughs> probably <laughs> it's probably plenty raining. But, um, but three days off doing nothing, then three or four days, a little bit of water walking, a bit of light treadmill work, and that gives me two weeks, you know, to give her another run over a mile. So so that's pretty much ideal for her. If I can knock off another win with her, get her up over a couple of hundred grand, get her rating up, uh, you know, to a suitable level, and then I can afford to give her a wee break.
1: Two really nice wins earlier in the day too, Rob. Uh, on Point and Extremist. Interestingly, both ridden by uh, young, up-and-coming female apprentice jockeys, Angela Jones and Jasmine Cornish. You must be, rapt to being able to use talented young um, apprentices uh, like these two.
7: Oh, I think I think we're, we're blessed here in Queensland. We've got we've got a lot of young, you know, apprentices. Well, I want to say a lot, but you know, quality young apprentices like Ange and. And Jazzy, you know, they're, they're very professional the way they handle themselves. They, they ride accordingly. They're, they're very well managed by their masters and, and in Jazzy's case, a father. And it's just, it's great. You know, they don't get it right all the time, but when they do, their claim, particularly you saw yesterday with Angie's treble, you know, those two or three kilos off on testing conditions, it really does make a difference. I
0: love horses that uh, enhance their profile and, we we saw extremist maybe in the prism of a good beginner who control up front and run time and there was nothing wrong with that. So she looked she looked good. Her last two wins she's enhanced her profile because she's been able to sit on speed and hit the line well. She's a very good mare. This one. Yeah, you're right, David.
7: And she's got that quality. She's tough tough and gets down and really dukes it out and that's what i like about her there's bugger all of us she's lightly framed she she doesn't carry any excess condition but she's a fighter and you know that's four metro wins in a row for her. and she was a little cheapy i only paid thirty five thousand for her at the january magic million sales a couple of years ago and i put 20 ladies in it and she's our lady's horse and they were all there in their finest yesterday and uh, super celebration! Great fun.
0: It was race four of ten. I can assure you <laughs> that they were still celebrating after race ten yesterday because I got first hand <laughs> of it. But uh, they they certainly did enjoy their times. Just quickly, um, uh, so th- three <laughs> mares winning yesterday, all have good strike rates. Is the market still strong for 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 people buying uh, mares potentially for, for brew mares Or uh, is is the is the money still up there high? Oh, for sure, David and.
7: You know, you look at each of those three yesterday. I didn't have to spend a lot of money for On Point. Again, it was another, you know, that uh, wonderful sire we have here in Queensland. And and he's just... um, He's just doing a great job and, and she cost I think, 30, 40 grand and a lot of new owners came in her and she's down 140 grand or something. I mean, they're, they're doing a great job and you don't have to spend a lot of money for Queensland-bred horses and, you know, the returns are wonderful. I mean, that on point yesterday, 79,000. For a cutest win, it's quite
1: extraordinary. 360 grand dropped into the kick yesterday, Rob, with Rothfire running uh, second in the Manicato. Uh Obviously, Ballad and Patina, um, you know, flogged them, really, won by almost five lengths. But given the track conditions, the way the race was run, I thought Rothfire was exceptionally brave. You've placed him so well in Melbourne, but I guess you can't avoid the, the big guns and that, the nature strips and the gig kicks if you want to push on with him now.
7: Oh, exactly, Ben. And, and look, that even... To a degree, it felt like a win yesterday there at at, at Mooney Valley. I was there on the Friday night and the most amazing weather scenes I've experienced, the loudest clap of thunder I've ever heard in my life. It was like an explosion going off and and look I, I couldn't change my flights, I couldn't get a flight back on Sunday, so I elected to come home, you know, Mel Sharp. I have total confidence in, in Mel handling the horse. I've had a good long chat with, with Damien and spoke to him again and you know, he handled Rothfire fantastic yesterday. I must admit, you're right, uh, a heavy eight is certainly not ideal for Rothfire. I would have preferred to have been on top of the ground. Take nothing away from Bella Nipotina. Her run in the Moya arguably was the run of the race and probably should have won. And, you know, she's been runner-up a number of times in Group 1s, and, you know, she got a just desserts yesterday. But, no, certainly take nothing away from Rothy's run. Excellent, very brave, courageous, uh, we'll push on to the, the championship. That's the straight six. Uh, Damien Lane will ride her on the 5th of November. And, yes, Nature Strip and Giga Kick will be there. But i got a sneaky feeling Rothfire will like the straight six.
0: What's the go with start-time days? Uh, poorest run of her career. Um,
7: she just sort of went off the boil. I saw it when I went down. And it's it's something, David, and this is the advantage when I have someone like Mel Sharp who travel buffering all around the world to Perth and Melbourne and Dubai and Hong Kong, uh, when you have staff that you know know exactly what we want to do and it's difficult when you train you know, via satellite, so to speak, in the and, and she'd gone off the ball pretty quickly and she's gone for a long spell. She'll spell all of the summer and we'll get her ready and take her down in the autumn back to
0: Sydney for our feature race. Good to hear. Thanks for your time, mate. Always a pleasure, ladies. Rob Heathcote joining us this morning with a, a training treble at Doobin. Yesterday, Miss Cooter continued her good form towards the Magic Millions, winning again, another big margin, and uh, now she'll have a little break. And then I think Chris Bone said maybe just even a barrier trial before the Magic Millions.
1: Yeah, well, I think she's got about 90,000 in eligible prize money, so that would almost certainly get her in. be interesting to see, having said that, just with what field size the Magic Millions is this or uh, well, next year, I floated that on the show. I think on am pressuring before. I reckon there might be a reduced field size with uh, all the sort of track uh, maintenance and, and, well, not maintenance, track renovations they're doing down there.
0: You enjoy the fine weather that I predicted for the rest of the day. Yeah, it looks a lovely day. So it's st- improving anyway. Couldn't have got worse. Thanks for your time, buddy. Thanks, David. Ben Dorries joining us this morning here on Past the Post. Thanks for your company as well and thanks to Archer Park. Their sponsorship each and every week, and don't forget our big Melbourne Cup special of past the post. Next Sunday, I'll join you tomorrow morning on press room. Look forward to your company then. Have a good day, whatever you're doing. Bye bye.